To this morning, I want to talk to you about a battle that you can't necessarily watch. I want to talk to you about a battle that's within. A few weeks ago, um, Sonny and I, uh, we were watching this program on TLC, and it's called um, My 600-Pound Life. And, um, and so this one lady that was on it, her name was Olivia. And Olivia, you know, they go through interviews, and they're just talking. And, and Olivia was talking, and she just kept talking about how she got to this point of being 600 plus pounds. And what she had said that, that she had, she was abused as a child. And she went through, um, she went through verbal abuse and emotional, physical, sexual abuse. And, and she never dealt with those struggles. She never dealt with those battles that were, that was happening within her. And so because of that, she, she was fighting these feelings of loneliness, fighting the feelings of not being good enough and, and, and bitterness and resentment and unforgiveness and, and she was fighting this, in, you know, this internal battle, and she was losing. And so she didn't, she didn't gain anything from that. And so she decided that she was going to turn. Instead of fighting the battle, she was going to be comforted during the battle. And that's where she turned to food. And the food comforted her in this internal battle, in this struggle. And that's how she became 600-plus pounds. She comforted herself in the battle instead of fighting the battle. She comforted herself in the struggle instead of dealing with it and fighting through it. And ultimately, when she was doing that, it was leading her down a path of destruction. When you and I, we have these battles inside, we have these internal struggles, and, and we're, com we're comforting each other and comforting ourselves in the battle instead of fighting through, then we're leading down a dangerous path. God wants us to fight through the battle. God wants us to fight through and have victory over the battles, over the internal struggles. We, he wants us to get on the winning side. He wants us to be on his side. And so this morning, I just want to talk with you a little bit about the battle within. And some of us, we might be aware of the battle. We might be aware of our internal struggles, just like we are all aware of the Broncos versus the Seahawks tonight. We're all aware of that, right? Some of us might be aware of the struggles and the battles that we face within. Some of us may not be aware we may not be aware. We may just be struggling and we're confused on why it's so difficult and why it's so hard. We're just not aware. And there's some of us that, that we just constantly will beat ourselves up because of, of our internal struggles, because of the battles we face within. We will beat ourselves up. Sometimes, you know, it may, it may look like this. Do we have that, Jackie? be beating yourself up physically like that, but I bet there's, there's, there's something to say that, that inside we beat ourselves up like that. 
we struggle with the battles, we struggle with the internal, and, and we're just beating ourselves up and we can't get past it. Well, th- there's a couple things that I believe are going to happen today. I believe that God is going to reveal to us some of our internal battles and some of our internal struggles that we're not aware of. But I also believe that God is going to give us victory over those. Anybody with me on that? You need victory over something. You need victory over a battle, over an internal struggle. I believe God is going to do that today. God is going to do his part. But can I tell you this morning, he's going to ask you to do your part. He's going to ask us a couple of things. The first thing he's going to ask us is he's asking us to recognize. He's asking us to recognize. If you have notes, I want you to jot those down, these, uh, these points down. He's asking us to recognize. In Matthew chapter 19, Matthew 19 verse 16, it says, Just then a man came up to Jesus and asked, Teacher, what good thing must I do to get eternal life? Why do you ask me about what is good, Jesus replied. There is only one who is good. If you want to enter life, keep the commandments. Which ones, he inquired. Jesus replied, you shall not murder, you shall not commit adultery, you shall not steal, you shall not give false testimony, honor your father and mother, and love your neighbor as yourself. All these I have kept, the young man said. What do I lack still? Jesus answered, if you want to be perfect, go, sell your possessions and give to the poor, and then you will have treasures in heaven, then come follow me. When the young man heard this, he went away sad because he had great wealth. This rich young ruler didn't recognize the battle. He didn't recognize the internal struggle that he was facing. See, he thought he had it all figured out. He had money. He says he was, the Bible says he was a rich young ruler. He had money. He had authority. He was a ruler. So he was, he's governing people. He's watching over and leading people. He was going to the right person. He went to Jesus and said, hey, what do I need to do? He was keeping the commandments. But he didn't recognize the internal struggle. He didn't recognize the battle. And see, he had an issue with money. He had an issue with with greed. He had a battle and an internal struggle with greed. And he wasn't even aware of it. He wasn't even aware of it. How about me? What are the battles and internal struggles that, that I'm facing that I'm not even aware of? How about you? How about you? Do we think that we've got it all figured out like the rich young ruler Maybe you have all the money that you need. That's not a bad thing. That's, that can be a good thing. Maybe you are a person of high authority and you, you're a boss or you're a leader and people look to you. That's not a bad thing. Maybe you are going to the right people. Maybe you are doing the right things. But listen, all of that good doesn't immune you from the battles and the internal struggles that we can have. It's good things, things that we should do, things that we are nice, but it doesn't, uh, it doesn't immune you from battles. It doesn't... It doesn't immune you from internal struggles. We all have different things that we're facing. Whether you're facing it and you're in the middle of it right now or it's coming down the road, it's coming. No one is too, no one is too close. No one is out of the reach from the battle, from the internal struggle. But uh, here's what happens. I think, I think that we're so close to ourselves that we're, we're not objective. We're so close to the situation that we really can't see the internal struggles. We can't see the battles that we're facing because we're, we're, we're just too close. I think we need to zoom out. I think we need to zoom out. It's kind of like this picture here. Can you tell me what this is? I think we're too close. Let's zoom out. Now you, now you can see. What about this next one? Let's zoom out. Basketball. Next one, spray paint. That's, yep. Next one, 
Somebody said a bicycle. Zoom out. Umbrella. Anybody know that one? All right, this one took me forever. Go ahead. What's a payphone anyways? I mean, really, come on. All right, next one. Pencil. Shoelace, somebody was in the first service. Good job, Victor. Last one. Go ahead. See, here's the thing. We get so close to it that we can't even tell what it is. We can't tell what's going on. We need to zoom out. We need to zoom out. And this is how you zoom out. You have a Jesus encounter. You have to have a Jesus encounter. This rich young ruler didn't realize that he was had this issue until he had a Jesus encounter. When he got to Jesus, Jesus was saying, hey, you're doing good in this, you're doing good in this, you're doing good in this, but what about this area? See, the rich young guy didn't understand. He was too close. That's how you and I get. We've got to have a Jesus encounter. We've got to get, we've got to get zoomed into Jesus and let him reveal those things to us. You know, Matthew 7, 3, it says, Why do you look at the speck of a sawdust in your brother's eye and pay no attention to the plank in your own eye? You're too close. You're too close. So I want to suggest to you that we need to have a Jesus encounter each and every day. We need to get to Jesus and say, Jesus, what are some things that I'm dealing with? What are some things that need corrected? What are some things that, that you need to deal with, that you need to convict me of, that you need to help me with? Because our goal is to be a, a good Christian. Our goal is to be Christ-like. Our goal is to follow Him. And how can we do that if we're not getting to Him daily and say, God, evaluate me. Jesus, evaluate me. See, Jesus will guide us. He'll help us. He'll encourage us. And He will point out some things that we need to work on. And we need, to, we need to say, Jesus, I'm, I'm yours. Reveal to me issues. Reveal to me struggles. Reveal to me battles that I'm facing because I want to be like you. That should be our goal. That should be our goal. Jesus will do his part. We have our daily encounter with him. He'll, rec he'll show us and we'll be able to recognize some of the things that are going on in our lives. The second thing that, that Jesus is asking us to do, he's, he's asking us to clean it up. He'll show you the battle. He'll show you the internal struggle. And then he's going to say, hey, why don't you clean this up? Why don't you clean this up? And I get it. Not everyone likes to clean. Anybody love to clean? I know there's a couple of you out there just love to clean. I don't like to clean. Big shock. I know. My daughter, she don't like to clean. I think she gets it from Sonny. No, I'm just kidding. I would, I would like to think that I am a... Uh, I like to, to think that I'm a hands-on dad. I like to do things with Reagan. I'll, I'll paint her nails, and I'll paint her toenails. I'll play Barbies. I'll uh, play dolls. I'll whatever. Whatever she wants to do, tea parties. I'll do that kind of stuff. And uh, now that she's eight, right, and she thinks that she's like 17. And so now she's like, oh, I don't want to play Barbies anymore. I want to watch TV. And so she's into Saved by the Bell. She's watching Saved by the Bell. Old school Saved by the Bell, but it's, it's good. So I, I try to do that. I'll sit there and watch Saved by the Bell with her because I just want to be a part of her. I want to understand her. I want to connect with her. And I, I did this from, from the get-go. When she was a baby, um, I, I tried to do everything. And I'll be honest with you, I was not too good at the changing of diapers. I failed miserably. I was just not good at it. And uh, any fathers out there, you can testify. No? Oh, okay, I'm the only one. Y'all liars. You're all liars. But 
there would be those times that Sonny would just hand her over and, and say that it's your turn. It's your turn. And, and so I, I, got, uh, I got a baby up here. I don't, this is Reagan's. I don't remember if her name is Natalie or Matilda or whatever her name is. Um, but, but Sonny would just be like, here, it's your turn. Not like this, but, you know, here, it's your turn. And so I would, I would take her. And I can remember one time I had diaper duty. And, oh, my goodness, I don't know what I was doing. I didn't do so hot. It was all over the wall. It was down her back. It was all over the changing table. And somehow, I don't, I'm still trying to figure this out, I got it in her hair. And I, I told you, I'm just I'm no good at it. And ever since that experience, I decided that I didn't really like changing dirty diapers. But how many of you know that Sonny didn't really care that I didn't like changing dirty diapers? It's your turn. <laughs> it's your turn to clean the dirty diaper. And so uh, I'm just going to take just a minute. You guys, you're not in a hurry, are you? I'm just going to take, I'm going to show you how I've improved. You take the baby, Sadie or Natilda or whatever her name is. And this is the trick that really helped me. You, you, you kind of just like fold the diaper into, yeah, you pull, you fold it into right there, and then you just kind of wad it up in these extra, I, I, I really understand this now. Then maybe this is why I had uh, it all over the wall and hair and stuff like that, because I didn't get it then. So then uh, yeah, okay, good. Here. So then you, uh, you know, for all you fathers out there who don't know how to do this, you got to spread this diaper out. You got to get the right tabs, hike up the booty, place it down there. Oh, you know what? I forgot to use these wipes. <laughs> that's, that's not a big deal. All right, thank you. And when, normally you would use the wipes, okay? But then, boom, she's sagging a little bit. But task is complete. She now has a clean diaper. Good job, Sadie. Now you can see why I didn't do the dirty diaper thing very well. Some of us just don't like cleaning dirty diapers. Some of us just don't like, I'm relating this here, some of us just don't like cleaning the dirty things that are inside of us. We don't like cleaning up the internal battles. We don't like cleaning up the internal struggles. We just don't like to clean. Well, you know what? We have to do that. We can't leave Sadie un... We can't leave her dirty, okay? Some of us leave our lives dirty. Some of us leave our lives full of th these battles and internal struggles and all of these things after God reveals to us, and he says, clean it up, and we're like, no, nah, I don't think so. Does that make any sense? It doesn't make any sense, but we do it all the time. We've got to clean it up. If your Jesus encounter reveals to you that you've got a, an issue with gossip, then it's time that you clean that up. If your internal, if your reckon, God recognizes in you that you've got a battle of lust, it's time that you clean it up. If it's pride, if it's whatever it is, unforgiveness, it's time that you clean it up. And quit leaving the diaper on the dirty baby. Clean it up. God's revealing that to us. It's not always easy. It's not always fun. But it's necessary if we're going to fight through the battle, if we're going to fight through this internal struggle. And I'm going to tell you a couple of ways to do that. The first one is you need to have a repentance. You need to have a repentant heart. You need to go through repentance. And what that means is you need to ask Jesus to forgive you, and then you need to make wise decisions and turn from that. We can't just get to the altar and say, okay, God, I'm so sorry for doing that, and then turn around and go do it again. That's not true repentance. That's making a mockery of that. 
A true heart of repentance is where you're saying, God, I realize that I've messed up, and instead of facing this this way, I'm going to turn and go this way and run from it. Some people have said that, you know, as a Christian, you know, why don't you just get radical for God and do a 360 and, and turn your life around? And to me, that never made sense because when you do a 360, you're still facing the same junk that you just left. True repentance is you're doing a 180 and you're running the other way. That's what we've got to do. If you want to fight through the battle, the internal struggle, that's what you've got to do. If you've been in church for a while, you know that the story of King David. And King David was, was an awesome man of God. But he had a battle. He had a struggle. And there's one day that he was on the roof and, and Bathsheba was there. And uh, he, he looked over and he saw her and, and he decided that, I, you know, I, I think that I need to be with her. And he was having this battle of, of lust and struggle of lust. And he ended up having an affair with this married woman. And it had some serious repercussions. She got pregnant. So then David had, King David had her husband killed. And then the son ended up dying. There was a lot of different things happened because King David lost this battle of lust. He lost this internal struggle. And it affected many people. When you and I lose our battles, we lose the internal struggles. It doesn't just affect you. It just doesn't affect me. It can affect a lot of different people. And so we've got to get clean. We've got to say, God, I'm sorry. I, I want to truly repent and go the opposite way. And, and King David did that. King David did that. He, he realized that, and he, he had a repentance unto God. In Psalms 51, it, it reads, I'm going to read some of, you, some of uh, his, his prayer. It says, generous in love, God give grace. Huge in mercy, wipe out my bad record. Scrub away my guilt. Soak out my sins in your laundry. I know how bad I've been. My sins are staring me down. You're the one I violated. On down it says, soak me in your laundry and I'll come out clean. Scrub me and, and I'll have a snow white life. God, make me a fresh start. Make a fresh start in me. Shape a Genesis week from my chaos of life. Don't throw me out of the, into the trash or fail to breathe holiness in me. Bring me back from my gray exile and put a fresh wind in my sails. Verse 16 and 17, it says, Going through the motions doesn't please you. A flawless performance is nothing to you. Meaning that you can come up here all day long and you can say, God, I'm so sorry. But if you don't have a, a change, if you're not doing anything different, you're going through the motions. And what that doesn't gain you anything. But see, King David here, he realized, and he, this, and I just read you parts of it, but it, it's a powerful, ver, or it's a powerful um, chapter. Psalms 51, it tells all about it. But God is so faithful that we, we come to him and say, God, I've blown it, I've made mistakes, I want to do the whole 180 thing and go the other way. He will forgive us. You know, 1 John 1, 9 says, it says, if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just and will forgive our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. All unrighteousness, all of the battles, all of the struggles, all of the issues, all of it. Now let me just throw a caution here. This doesn't give us a license to go and sin. Sometimes that we, well, God will forgive me, and so that gives me a license to go and sin. No. No. See, there's a difference between taking advantage of what God has offered us, and there's a difference between abusing what God has offered us. I want to take advantage of all that God has for me. I want to take advantage of, of His grace and His mercy. I, I want to experience that because He said, I, I have it for you. So I want to take advantage of it, but I do not want to abuse it. You see the difference there? 
too many people abuse God's love and his mercy. And we, this does not give us a license to, to, to sin. We've got to clean it up. We've got to have a, a, a repentance going on. The, the second thing that we do need to do to clean it up is we've got to let it go. We've got to let some things go. Some of us are still battling with the things from our past simply because we can't let it go. You've repented. You, you've asked God to forgive, and forgive you, and he has, but you just can't get past it. That's a trap that the enemy puts on your life. He wants you to be bound. He wants you to feel guilty. He wants you to do all, those, all of those things so that you can't have victory over the battle. We've got to learn to let things go. Some, uh, something happened to you or your family years ago, but you're holding on to it. You know what? By you holding on to that, it's actually causing more damage than if you would just let it go. We've got to be people, and we've got to understand to let it go and trust that God's got it all figured out. So what happens is we change the dirty diaper, and we clean the diaper and all of that, but then we take it, and it's like we put it in our pockets. Yeah, I'm just going to hold on to that for later. Does that make any sense? It doesn't make any sense. And then we wonder why we smell. We wonder why we're, you know, no one wants to be around us and all of these things. We're holding on to it. It's time that we let it go. We let it go. So my prayer is that God would, would help us to recognize some of the things, help us to clean it up. And the third thing that God is asking us to do is he's asking us to guard. This is an important step. We've got to guard ourselves. If you've got your Bibles, and, and turn to Matthew chapter 12. Matthew 12, and we're going to read in verse 43. It says, When an impure spirit comes out of a person, it goes through arid places seeking rest and does not find it. Then it says, I will return to the house I left. When it arrives, it finds the house unoccupied, swept clean, and put in order. Then it goes and takes with it seven other spirits, more wicked than itself. And they go and live in there. And the final condition of that person is worse than the first. This is how it will be for the wicked generation. Guarding yourself is a very important step in, in fighting this battle and, and, and winning the internal struggle. It's an important step that we've got to do. Because if we don't, we're actually going to be worse. We're actually going to be worse. You'll be facing different battles, new battles, new struggles, because we haven't guarded ourselves. We haven't put those guards up. It's kind of like this. If you're dealing with a, a spirit of, of lust and you, you pray and you ask God, he reveals it to you and you pray and you ask God to forgive you and you repent and you turn away from that. But if you don't put some guards up, what the Bible's saying here is that spirit of lust is going to come back into your life and it's going to bring seven of its friends. Uh, adultery, maybe, and greed and, and pride and all of these different things. It's going to bring them and they're going to camp in your house. And so you're, you're worse off. It's no good. And doesn't that seem to be the trend? We get through one battle, and then, or we think we get through one, and then another one pops up, and then another one pops up, and another one pops up. Well, if, if that's you, have you put guards up in place? Have you guarded yourself? Have you guarded yourself? That's a trap. The enemy traps us this way because we, we recognize, we get clean, and for a little while, we're okay. Everything's going fine. And you know why everything's going fine? Because the Bible says that that spirit leaves. The, spirit's le the spirit has left you, and the spirit is wandering around looking for another place to go. And so for that period of time, you're on top of the world. You've been forgiven, and you've been set free, and all of those things. But you didn't put any guards up, 
And so that the Bible says that that spirit leaves, but that spirit will come back to you if you don't have any guards up. Because that spirit knows how you function. The spirit has already taken residence in your home, in your heart, in your life. And so that's why we face the same battles and we face the same struggles because we haven't put proper guards up. And, you know, it's, it's difficult. This, this thing that we're going to get rid of, the battle and the internal struggle and all of those things, it doesn't care that you have cleaned your house. It doesn't care that you have repented. It doesn't care that you have put things in order that you know, now you have a Bible on your coffee table at your house. Now you wear Christian t-shirts. Now you, it doesn't care. All it cares about is being able to get back into your home, get back into your heart, and it will come back into your home and come back into your heart if you don't put a guard up. That's what the Bible is saying here. It's, it's looking for an open door. Here's the key. Put your guard up. Put your guard up. You've got to guard your heart. You can't just allow everything and anything to come in. You've got to guard your heart. You've got to guard your thoughts. You've got to guard where you go. You've got to guard what you do. You've got to guard everything because the enemy is just looking for any avenue to get right back in and to, to make residence in your house, to make a camp there. And here's how you do. You simply occupy. Here's how you guard. You occupy. You occupy. Verse 44 says, when it arrives, it finds the house unoccupied. And so it comes on in. So if the house was occupied with Christ, if the house was occupied with the Holy Spirit, then that's not going to be able to come in. Is this making sense? You tracking with me? We've got to occupy ourselves, occupy our hearts, occupy our minds, occupy our lives, our families. Everything needs to be occupied with the love of Jesus, with the Holy Spirit, with His power. So when that Spirit comes back and the Spirit is looking, it can't stop here because it's already full. There's no vacant sign. We've got to occupy ourselves. That's how you will guard. That's how you will guard. And you've got you to be strategic about that. You just can't let that happen. You just can't think that, oh, I'm going to do this. You've got to be strategic in, in allowing God to occupy everything. See, some of us, we compromise in this. God, you can occupy my thoughts, but, but where I go, uh, that's up to me. You can occupy my, what I do, but, but my heart, no, that's up to me. You know what I'm saying? We compromise in this. We should have God, Jesus, occupy everything. That's how we're going to guard. That's how we're going to be able to make it through. That's how we're going to be able to fight these battles and the internal struggles is by putting our guard up. And another thing we need to do is we need to ask. We need to ask for help. And this is a struggle for, for people, asking for help. Because we, we don't want to be vulnerable. We don't want to think that we can't figure it out. We've got to ask for help. Robin, if you can, I'm going to ask you for help. But see, the occupying thing, that is where Jesus comes in, and he does that for you and in you. But you asking is where you're going out and you're saying, hey, would you be with me? Can you stand with me? Would you guard with me? And so we've got to let down our pride. We've got to let down our, our guard, per se, and just let a few people come in and say, you know what? Pastor Creighton, will you stand and will you guard with me? Will you guard my heart? Would you guard my family? Can I be accountable to you? But we've got to let some things go and be willing to say, I need some help. I need your help. You know, Ecclesiastes 4, 9 through 12, it says, Two are better than one because they have a good return for their labor. If either one of them falls down, one can help the other up. 
Though one may be overpowered, two can defend themselves. A cord of three strands is not quickly broken. We've got to let down some pride and we've got to say, you know, Pete, would you stand with me? Would you guard my family with me? Would you guard my heart with me? Would you guard me? Would you help me in this area? But that takes you letting your walls down a little bit. And not everybody, listen, not everybody will stand in guard with you. You don't want everybody standing in guard with you. But God's going to direct you. He's going to direct you for help. And then you just, you need to ask. I, I ask for your help. I ask for your prayers. I ask for, for you to guard, help guard my life, my family, my child. It's important. It's important. So many times, that, you know, the, the, the battles come and we repent and all of that. And that's, that's good. But we miss this step of guarding ourselves. And that's why it all comes back. We've got to, we, we can't skip this step. See, some people in the room, you may automatically think, well, uh, this is my struggle. This is my battle. I'm always going to deal with it. I've dealt with it for years now. I'm always going to deal with it. Don't let that be your story. It doesn't have to be your story. It doesn't have to be. God can reveal and God can challenge and God can help clean and God can help you let it go and God can help you put guards in place. That doesn't have to be your story. Some people will say, well, I've blown it too many times. I, I, I've, I've fallen into the temptation too many times. I've lost too many battles. I've lost too many of these struggles. God can never use me. Don't let that be your story either. Listen, God used some incredible people in the Bible and they had struggles. They had some issues. Noah, you know, he was a drunk. God used him. Abraham, he was struggling with his age. He was old. God used him. Joseph was a daydreamer. Jacob was a liar. Moses had a speech problem. Gideon was a scaredy cat. Samson was a womanizer. Rahab was a prostitute. Timothy and Jeremiah, they were too young. That was their struggle. David had an affair with a married woman. Elijah was suicidal. Jonah ran from God. Naomi was a widow. Job went bankrupt. Martha was a worrier. Zacchaeus was too small. Peter denied Christ. The little boy only had so many fish and so many breads. Paul was a religious fanatic. Timothy had ulcers. Lazarus was dead. But God used them all. In spite of their struggles, in spite of their battles, God used them all. So he can use you and he can use me. But he's, he will do his part, church. But he's asking you to do your part. He's asking you to recognize some of, the, some of the struggles, some of the battles. He's asking you to clean it up, to have a true repentance. He's asking you to put your guard up. He will do his part. Will you do yours? Will you do yours? I want everybody to bow your heads. And this type of a message, I don't know where you fall. But I want to be very transparent with you. This week was a, was a rough, rough week for me. Because as, as I was putting the final touches on this message, God was just revealing to me. He was saying, you've got a struggle here. You've got an issue here, Dave, and you need to get it right. And so I, I'm, I'm preaching to myself this morning. And God had to show me some things when I had a Jesus encounter. So I don't know where you're at. But I just want to... I want to spend just a, a few moments in prayer. I want to spend a few moments in prayer. And I want you to, 
make it a choice. Maybe you know your struggles. If you know your struggles, then I'm going to encourage you uh, to get to get clean. I'm going to encourage you to repent. I'm going to encourage you to let some things go if you know your struggles. Maybe you, you have done all those things, but you don't have any guards up in your life. I'm going to encourage you to, to get some guards in place. And maybe you don't know. And you need God, to, you need to have a Jesus encounter and let him show you. I don't know where you're at. What I'm going to ask you to do is I want everybody to stand with me. And I want to take just a few moments. And I want, you to, I want to invite you to a place of prayer. And I want you to make this personal between you and God. Nobody's going to pray with you right now. Because this is a personal thing. But I, but I guarantee you this. I've been praying for this and I believe this. If you will make a step and you will do your part, God will do his part. And so as Robin plays, I want to open the altars and I want you to come and, and I want you to ask God to help you recognize. Ask God to help you clean. Ask God to help you put your guard up. Won't you come and find a place this morning?